Welcome to the She Read, She Said podcast, where we read and discuss books about women written by women. We're your hosts, Megan and Kate. So sit back, settle in, and let the pages come to life. Well, hello there. Welcome. Welcome to today's episode, which is The Serpent and the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent. Quick question. Yeah. Would you rather be the serpent or the wings of night? Mm. I might want to be the serpent. Maybe that's the Slytherin in me. Mm -hmm. Would you want to be the wings of night? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in this world, Mm -hmm. I'd probably want to be the wings of night. I'm also scared of snakes. (laughs) Well, you would be the snake, so you wouldn't be scared (laughs) of snakes. I am a Slytherin, but I am scared of snakes. (laughs) Okay, well, now that that hard-hitting journalism is just right out of the way. I mean, this is why you guys tuned in. Let's just dive right in to our spoiler-free, is this for you, is this not for you, content. Great. So, is this for you? (laughs) (laughs) It's my turn to ask the hard-hitting questions. (laughs) Is this book for you? Yes, this book is for me. But now I'm going to tell all of you if it is for you. Great. This book is for you if you are looking for a fantasy that has vampire elements, but in a very unique way. I would Mm -hmm. say that it's pretty grounded in that despite the magical creature element being vampires, it doesn't feel overly vampiric. Yeah. It's very grounded. They're people. We're interacting with them. They have a whole society. It's a very unique take on vampires. So if you're looking for interesting worlds, interesting take on vampires, fun slash really not fun trials (laughs) as a part of a tournament style plot line, Mm -hmm. then I'd say it's for you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the big things with the book is it's compared to The Hunger Games. Kind of Mm -hmm. like if you like The Hunger Games, you'll like this book. And I think that's pretty true. If you like vampires and you like competitions that involve death uh, and high (laughs) risk situations like the Hunger Games, Mm -hmm. then I think this is a great choice for you. Well, Megan, was it for you? I did like this book. It definitely was for me. I think it was really fun. Mm-hmm. We haven't really done a vampire book. No. On the I podcast. Love <laughs> I do too. I'm a big vampire fan. So it was fun to see Krista Broadbent's take on the vampire, which I thought was really fun mm-hmm. to have different groups and kind of different cultures with it. Different wings. Different wings. <laughs> we got some feather wings. We got some wings of night mm-hmm. in there. So yeah, overall, I thought it was just really fun. Yeah. It's like an easy enjoyable book to read it's not really dense or anything like that so mm-hmm. i think it's pretty accessible to most readers yeah, as well i would agree overall good time so we're gonna get into spoiler territory now mm-hmm. so if you haven't read the book or you just don't want to know the things get out of here and then mm-hmm. come back so now that they're gone let's dive in to the world of the serpent and the wings of night so our main heroine, Aurea, we are introduced to her in the opening chapter or interlude when she is a wee child and she is sitting kind of stuck in a pile of rubble mm-hmm. that used to be her home. And an interesting figure is approaching her and we come to find out that this is Vincent and he is king of the vampires, king of the land, and he decides to bring Aurea home with him mm-hmm. after she bites his finger and he's very impressed. He loves how feisty she is he's like i will have you you will come with me (laughs) you are mine now (laughs) so we really start following our heroine when she is 23 so Mm -hmm. we do some time jumps we have some chapters in the books that flash forward and backwards to when she was a child when she was a teenager kind of leading up to where we are now and she is getting ready to participate in the kajari which is a once in a century tournament where people compete 
for one wish granted by the goddess Nyaxia. And that is a little complicated because she is the only human competitor Mm -hmm. going into it. Yes, she is. Everyone else is a vampire. Everyone else is stronger and they all also want to kill her. Yes, they do. Because she is human. Mm -hmm. She smells and probably tastes very good. Mm -hmm. And she's also the king's adopted daughter. And you know, what I like about Araya, and I think this is really set up in that first prologue interlude, which I really enjoy, is that she is not a scared person. Mm -hmm. It starts off, the king lets her bite him. He loves it. And he says, this was not the stare of a panicked child who didn't know what she was doing. This was the stare of a creature who understood she was confronting death itself and still chose to spit in its face. I think that pretty much encapsulates the kind of character Araya is, is that she doesn't shy away from a fight. She is going to snap with her whittle teeth. She's a serpent. And in that, we also have the setup for her character, for Vincent's character, and for the world in that prologue, because it ends on the note of the king did not know then that his greatest love would also be his ruination, nor that either would come in the form of a tiny, helpless human child. I loved that way of kicking off the book yeah i loved knowing the direction that we were going even Mm -hmm. though we didn't really know in what capacity she was going to be his destruction Mm -hmm. so that i thought was the perfect way to start a chapter start a book yes and so starting it that way of course like you said Araya is at a disadvantage because she's human everyone wants to eat her Mm -hmm. but vincent because of the kind of night-born hayaj king that he is has raised her to use her teeth he has raised her to be the serpent, to not trust anyone, to be more precise where others are stronger. He has taught her how to kill and how to let others play into her quote unquote weakness, how Mm -hmm. to let them underestimate her and use what she does have to her advantage. So right off the bat, it's really fun to see her being human, but also actually winning in fights because he has taught her how to do so. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, she's killing vampires in the slums just for fun. Just for fun. To let off some steam. That's where she goes in <laughs> her free time. She doesn't have a gym. So she has to go out to the slums and kill. I mean, some of us would maybe do some yoga, maybe go for a run. But you know what? If you want to develop a habit, you need to find something that is personal and fun for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was for her. So glad that she could find a passion. <laughs> Everybody needs a hobby. (laughs) Everybody needs a hobby. Hobbies are so important. (laughs) I mean, it is really interesting with Aurea because her journey, which it's a ride to where it goes, is learning how to trust. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, Vincent taught her never trust, never yield always guard your heart. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we see Vincent guarding his heart with Araya as well. They love each other, but both of them are in that position where they don't tend to say it out loud. Yeah. And this is a world where this is how the vampires are, that I don't think this is a Vincent specific thing. No. That the vampires who are born, this is the way they view life, the world, society. It's a very harsh world. The Hayaj and the Rashan vampires are constantly battling for power 
power. Mm-hmm. Everyone's throwing each other off the throne <laughs> every couple hundred years. It's very intense. And because of that, Orea writes off a lot of Vincent's bad behavior mm-hmm. because Vincent isn't the only one to have done these horrible things, yeah. which I think is a really interesting part of the story for Orea with her relationship with him, but also her view on the world. Because when there's atrocities happening and people are dying and being taken out by Vincent, there's an element of Araya that she's not as horrified mm-hmm. as one usually would be because she says this is just how the world is. Yeah. It's unpleasant but it is what it is which is so interesting to see a human mm-hmm. having adopted the vampire mindset. I mean I think part of that or at least how I read it it's a coping mechanism for her because yeah. we are in her head the entire book and she is just always on guard every moment of every day she knows that her life is in danger because Mm -hmm. she's human. And I think for her, it's a way of saying this is normal. It's normal to be in danger. It's normal for people to function in this capacity because if it's not normal, Mm -hmm. that makes it harder for her, I think, to mentally survive in that space. Yeah, Her mind is just doing whatever it needs to keep her alive and keep her calm because even with her emotions, she's always saying like, well, fear is just a series of physical responses. Like when Mm -hmm. she feels something, she kind of uses that phrase of this is just a physical response. It's all it is. So her journey is really kind of moving into a space of trust with someone other than Vincent because Vincent and Ilana who we briefly meet at the beginning are sort of her world mm-hmm. those are the only two people and then she eventually meets Rain and we call her Mish we don't know how to say her name it might be <laughs> we Misha, don't know how to pronounce a lot of the things in this book <laughs> apologies <laughs> so we're going with Mish because it's cute so when she meets these other people who she has to ally with it's her learning how to trust and mm-hmm. what that realistically looks like because that is not a natural thing that's not an easy thing and even by the end of it it's not entirely there no the moment that she says okay i'm releasing this control i trust this other person it comes back and bites her in the ass that's the really interesting thing about this story and it's something that Araya struggles with with vincent because there's vincent the father and vincent the king in this Mm -hmm. and i think we'll get a little bit more into it but there's things that he makes her do that she hates but she recognizes is an act of love because everything is about survival. He tells her, I am the only one who will never hurt you. And she has to learn the hard way sometimes that that has been true. Mm -hmm. And going on the journey with Rain (laughs) and then getting to the end, it's kind of like your dad was still right. (laughs) We hate it when that happens. (laughs) That the two times she really trusts or love interests, Mm -hmm. it does not turn out the way she thought it would. And Vincent you could argue in both instances was right in the end however this is just yeah just the risk of opening your heart it is at the end of the day it's just always going to be a risk i mean it is really fascinating like using the instance that you just said with vincent where he was right about Mm -hmm. that while also being wrong about so many things and like so many actions so we have so many characters who are right and wrong all the time. Yeah. It's a fun thing to explore, I think, in this book. Mm -hmm. You really just are in her headspace of trying to navigate that while also just trying to survive 
multiple trials. Yeah. And I think that's a really big thing in this book that it's not so much about right and wrong, because as we see, everything is just dependent on your perspective. Mm -hmm. Even when we get to the end and there's been a switch of power, there's still death in the streets. It's not that Vincent was necessarily different, that everyone has this desire to win power by hurting others, by taking others out, that it's just the person in power who calls the shots and those without the power are the victims but that is very quick to change Mm -hmm. that in this world power really is everything because there is an element of Nyaxia likes her children squabbling she does she likes them fighting so there's also an element of how much of this is kind of made behavior mm-hmm. how much of what's going on between the clans is actually Nyaxia's doing or where is she pulling on strings yeah to manipulate people that i think it's really fun to be in a book where right and wrong aren't really the forefront even though our characters feel it so strongly but at the same time they do things that is very contradictory to their own beliefs yeah well something that vincent really ingrains in Araya is that you cannot accomplish anything in this world without power and power requires sacrifice focus and ruthlessness and i think we see that sentiment play out with our three main characters with Araya, with vincent and with rain mm-hmm. maybe in different capacities maybe in very similar capacities but the idea that it's like if you want to have power in any way shape or form or whether it's just survival with Araya's case mm-hmm. that requires that focus that ruthlessness and she makes a comment in the book that fearlessness is different from ruthlessness mm-hmm. so she is a very ruthless person but she is a very fearful person as is vincent which i love the combination of that because in so many ways like with vincent it makes him very human Mm -hmm. in that way where he is someone that there's a disconnect emotionally but there really isn't Mm -hmm. where he feels all of the things that she feels but he's just in a space where he's had to make sacrifices he's had to put other things before it's like what's the vampire version of humanity yeah (laughs) with his daughter so it's just about like what are you willing to prioritize What are you willing to do for your bigger goals? And when you're dealing with characters who are in leadership positions or vying for leadership positions, that gets pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting, I think, to have a heroine who, especially at the end, is in the middle of two male characters who are doing the same kind of things and Mm -hmm. her trying to understand what she can justify regarding their actions in her mind and how she can move forward with especially her relationship with Rain, Mm -hmm. while also trying to process her new understanding of Vincent. So all in all, I feel like Araya has so much going on for her in this book. She does. Just with her relationships alone. Yes, she does. (laughs) And she's trying to survive... All the vampires are always trying to eat her. Mm -hmm. Well, let's dive more into Vincent and his relationship with Araya because it was actually one of my favorite parts of the book. Mine too. I think it was actually my favorite part of the book. Yeah. And for the record, Vincent is a terrible person. Yeah. I've put that out there. Now we can just talk about it. (laughs) 
because I really love the concept introduced in this book of Vincent the father and Vincent the king. I do too. And having this divide with him because in that I think you can get into just the debate like I said of what is made behavior that Vincent the king feels very much like this is the person you're supposed to be when you're the vampire king this is how vampires are where Vincent the father is the more human version of him it's the version that feels fear for his daughter feels love for his daughter feels all of the things and I love the concept of this internal war he has with himself and the concept of his ruination really being a drawback to the humanity yeah within him because in this world power is everything and while we as readers are like love is everything (laughs) there's a consequence for him giving in to love Mm -hmm. because just because the world should be ruled by love it doesn't mean that that's how it actually is and i like that there's a sense of consequence in that but vincent the father i find very very intriguing i do as well and i think in the story we are introduced very very quickly to the relationship that vampire parents have with their children Mm -hmm. and their own parents it's not a good one it's not good at all it is a world where they are threatened by their own young Mm -hmm. we see that in the character of ibrahim which his parents decided to maim cripple rip out his teeth Mm -hmm. make him as unthreatening as possible in the physical way because like Vincent children have been known to murder their parents mm-hmm. for like the inheritance yeah so with Vincent he killed his own parents he killed his own siblings he killed all of the Rishon heirs he's done a lot of killing mm-hmm. and again Arya's take on that is well that's what everyone does yeah well what was what else was he supposed to do <laughs> what was he supposed to do so when it comes to Vincent and Aurea I really love the conflict there because at the end of the day he genuinely loves her mm-hmm. there's actual fatherly love there and we obviously find out at the end that he's been keeping it a secret that he's her biological father he's been holding on to the fact that she really is his but then keeping the secret one would assume because he was fearful of finding himself in the same position that his own parents found Mm -hmm. him in because she would be his heir So he's allowed her to live her life and kept that secret because he's also fearful of what would happen if the truth came out. Vincent the King and Vincent the Father. Yeah. And I love that kind of push and pull with him where, you know, it's like at the end, it's like, oh, well, you could have told her. You could have just said maybe that would have made things easier. But also if he believed that Aurea took after him because that is his general belief throughout the story mm-hmm. is that Aurea believes herself to be fully human and she has kind of an eye-opening moment when she looks at Vincent when he tells her some information and she doesn't respond the way that he thought she would she's like oh my gosh he assumes that I would be just like him with this that I think he also holds that fear that if he were to tell her she would behave like him mm-hmm. and say oh well your position looks pretty nice yeah and threaten his life and his livelihood and everything that he's murdered everybody else for. Mm -hmm. So I really like the complicating aspect of the relationship with not only that fear to be open with the other person of saying like the I love yous and and just saying what's on your heart, but also the very real physical threat 
that exists potentially between them. Yeah, and you can really tell that Araya takes everything Vincent says to heart, that mm-hmm. she really loves and respects her father, Yeah, that a lot of her beliefs are the ones he's instilled in her. Even he tells her, death isn't frightening when weighed against an insignificant existence. This is something she feels really deep down because she is entering the Kajari so that she can be his Koryate, if that's how you pronounce sure. it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in that, they will be able to share power. She will be stronger. She'll have the immortal life, all of those things. And her reasoning for wanting that is because she doesn't want to be human. Mm -hmm. She really hates that piece of herself. She does not fit in with the other humans. She looks at them like vampires look at them. While she protects them, she thinks they're foolish. She doesn't have an overwhelmingly positive view of humanity. And I think a lot of that comes from Vincent. And she really struggles with the concept of living an insignificant existence. Mm -hmm. And I think she sees humans as living an insignificant existence. So her motivations, while she does want to go back to Salonay and find her family, that is much more personal and, you know, selfish reasons compared to some of the other people in the Kajari have bigger wishes. And even Vincent, Nyaxia tells her that Vincent was the biggest dreamer of all, that he had this plan for the world, for his kingdom. And that's not what Araya is going in there for. (laughs) No. And again, with Vincent and the Coriate bond, (laughs) really taking a risk on that pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Rain plants the seed of doubt with her later of why does he want to do that? Mm-hmm. Of Is that just to protect himself? Because she would have access to his power, but he would also have access to hers. So he would be putting his heir in a position where the heir wouldn't be able to harm him. Mm-hmm. Where I think you can argue like that's not necessarily a bad thing. But poor Aurea, like she's just going back and forth with trying to sort out like what is true? Like what are mm-hmm. Vincent's true motivations with that? Maybe not wanting to look at some of the motivations. Maybe she's right in believing that his motivations are just about protecting her and bringing her up to a level where she doesn't have to constantly live in fear because it's true like Vincent has taught her to not view humans in a way that is particularly flattering. I mean, Mm -hmm. when he brings her to one of the feasts and there's a bunch of humans being fed on because that's what happens at a feast. He tells her, these aren't people. They are livestock. You never would have allowed yourself to be one of them because you are better than them. I made you better. I gave you teeth and claws. I made your heart steel. Do not pity them. They are less than you. So Vincent doesn't even view her as human. And we find out later that she's half. There's a bigger reason for all of this. But because she's being raised in a situation where she's being told that she's human, Mm -hmm. she doesn't know any of this about herself, that his influence really sets the bar for how she views these people, despite the fact that she goes into the slums Mm -hmm. and is protecting them. That Rain, when he takes her to the pub, is shocked because she doesn't know how to be around them. She doesn't particularly want to be around them. No, and she's never interacted with them. No. So she's hunting in the streets for (laughs) vampires, saving people. But she is just so far removed from them. So really, she's just kind of an island unto herself. Mm -hmm. She doesn't fully belong in Vincent's world, but she clearly fully doesn't belong in the human world, at least not according to her. Yeah. So 
she's just sort of adrift for a lot of the book, trying to sort out where she is supposed to be. And by the time we get to the end, that's not really settled on either. No. And throughout the book, she obviously goes from being really, really loyal to Vincent, not doubting anything he does, to there's slow little crackings. And a lot of that does have to do with her being in the Moon Palace, being with Rain. She is out of her glass castle. Mm -hmm. Essentially, she's seen the cracks in the city. She's seen the things that she willfully ignored that from her point of view in the castle, everything looked so much different. And now that she's out of it, her point of view is very literally and metaphorically crackling and crumbling. And we see the cracking and crumbling in her and Vincent's relationship as she gets closer to Rain. Mm -hmm. So there's when Rain is tortured and technically Vincent keeps his word in that Rain is not broken, but also he allowed Jasmine to torture him more than the others and we see more of a final cracking when she finds out in the fourth trial that Salone has been taken out yeah and she goes to him and he becomes Vincent the king and he grabs her and he squeezes her so hard that he draws a little bit of blood which this is the man who has told her over and over I am the only one that will not hurt you and of course Vincent the father comes back and he looks horrified and you can tell that there's just so much of a war going on within himself it's like the further into literal war that he goes he is now pacing Mm -hmm. he is disheveled disheveled. (laughs) that you can tell that there's a mirroring of that war that's growing between the clans mirroring a war growing within himself between vincent the father and vincent the king because for him she's never challenged him in a way where he's been forced to be that kind of king with her that she has been on the same page. So he's been able to be softer with her for the most part. And now there's a challenging. And I actually would have really loved to get more of a Vincent point of view. Me too. During the trial, just because he is so disheveled. <laughs> like, I would just love to know what is it you're struggling with? Because Rain says that Vincent was born for war. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he was born for this. But on the outside, he is not handling this very well. No, he's not so i think you could make the argument that maybe he was a character that was the big dreamer maybe he had a dream for his kingdom that looked really different but he went down the dark path of trying to hold on to power or maybe he's just been terrible the whole time and he just has a soft spot for Araya. that i think there's a lot of different ways you could read vincent's character that i would have loved to get more of an insight into his personal pov during this time and what specifically he is grappling with besides just his relationship relationship with Araya. Yeah, I would have too. And I think obviously his relationship with Araya has got to play a big part in that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like because he is introduced as the dreamer, Mm -hmm. that it really was what you said that he went down a dark path. Because again, as he tells her, it's sacrifice, focus, ruthlessness. And it's one thing to dream about having something. It's another thing to actually get it and to do what's necessary in times. And that's what Rain struggles with at the end of this book. That's what I really... I like about Rain's journey, touching on him just a little bit, is that he is so against Vincent. Mm-hmm. He talks about him like he's evil because of the things that he's done, which mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> Very clearly evil. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, Rain, when we get to the end of the book and what he's been working for, what he's in the Kajari for, is going to put him in a position where he may have to do the same things. 
and he is doing the same things because Araya looks out on the streets mm-hmm. and it's not peace that no. she sees. It's death and destruction and war. I don't know. Maybe Rain was a little naive mm-hmm. with some of that. I mean, when we get Rain's backstory where he helped Vincent bring down the previous king by giving him the keys. Mm-hmm. Granted, the original agreement was that he was exchanging the keys to protect the innocent, but also Rain got out of there. Mm-hmm. So he didn't follow through with his leadership responsibilities with that. So it is really interesting because of the hatred that Rain has for Vincent. But in truth, he contributed to some of the beginnings of Vincent's uprise. Yeah. So I get it, Rain, but sometimes are you like a little bit angry at yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. And so for him to not only have participated in Vincent's reign in that way, I mean, he really enabled him, at least made it easier for him Mm -hmm. to take the throne. And then he's also finding himself in a position where he's going to have to make decisions Mm -hmm. like Vincent. And obviously people are dying in the streets. Yeah. So like by the end of it, sitting with Array it's like okay how do we feel about everybody (laughs) everybody's making the same decisions making the same potential mistakes as well yeah and she realizes that she doesn't know the two men in her life very well (laughs) but I think where she ends with Vincent felt really appropriate where she realizes he loved me the only way he knew how at the edge of a blade and that she recognizes that he's a bad person Mm -hmm. but she loves him and he loved her yeah and i just love this complication to human behavior because obviously vincent's badness is on a whole other level but i always love in stories grappling with the good and evil Mm -hmm. within everyone because it's so easy just to say he's a villain he's bad he's incapable of he's incapable of love that oftentimes it's love that drives evil or it's love that breaks it down just like it breaks him down here that i just love the complication Mm -hmm. of that and being in a place with a character where i really loved all of vincent's scenes i did too i loved his relationship with her i loved the fierceness in it i loved how it was messy i loved how it was wrong and upsetting to me that's just a much more fun place to be with a character where i have to sit and think i don't really know how i feel about (laughs) him him and go on that journey with Araya because it puts you in that spot as a reader Mm -hmm. because I think it's impossible not to read the scenes with him and he's dancing with her and he has so much faith that she's gonna win and he's so proud of her you see him in the stands a tear streaking down his face when he thinks that she's gonna die all of these things that really humanize him when he is dehumanizing every other single person in the world except for him and her that there's just such like a delicious character study in that kind of complicated person that was just a really fun aspect for me reading the book yeah it really goes back to that line in the first chapter about how vampires know the importance of protecting their own hearts Mm -hmm. where again Aurea is the only person that vincent feels like his heart is safe with Mm-hmm. And so we get that peek into it. I mean, I really love the use of the games or the trials in that way to show his fear, to show his terror, his pride in her in those moments where you wouldn't be able to hide that. Yeah. So I think 
kind of going into it, if when he was starting to be painted as the monster, as a reader, I was maybe looking for any sign of him maybe not caring about her as much Mm -hmm. as she believed. And then every time they would go to him, it was just more and more like he loves his daughter. Yeah. There's just no doubt about it. So they were my favorite relationship of Mm -hmm. the book. That was such a fun and fascinating thing to kind of move through. And I mean, going forward, obviously, Vincent's legacy is now part of her Mm -hmm. and what she's going to have to deal with, especially when we get to the end of the book. And she has an army at her disposal if she wants it. Yeah, she does. And on that note, let's talk about Rain. Let's talk about Rain. she has a romantic relationship (laughs) in this book. (laughs) She does. With... Rain Ashraj, who I like that he gets like three intros. Mm -hmm. We get the standing in front of the painting. His back is to us. so We don't see his face. Yeah. We get him grabbing her and then her stabbing him. Again, we don't see his face. And then we get a real proper intro when he kills Klein after the initial culling that we get these little peaks Mm -hmm. just to be brought up to what I kind of find as a really like funny intro to him with him killing Klein. Yeah. And the description, which I just thought was really fun and my brain didn't quite know how to interpret it at times, but she wrote, Rain's features were strong, almost unpleasantly so, like each held too much personality to be combined in such a way. And obviously he has scars unlike the other vampires. So reading that, I'm like, you know, is Araya just so used to the vampiric perfection? I think she is. That she sees anything that's like remotely human looking. <laughs> and she's like, what is that? <laughs> she's like, what's going on? Because she's half. So maybe mm. even looking at her own face. I think that was the thing at first. I was like, well, but you're human. Like you probably have some interesting features. <laughs> but it's probably just because she's got that going on on her own face. So mm. anything kind of human, she's like, oh my God, look at that. It's got character. Yeah. That I just thought that was really funny. But. I think my favorite introduction with Rain is I really like the painting one. Mm -hmm. I like the first one we get. I really love the imagery of that painting and how, for whatever reason, that's the only one that had survived, the only Russian painting Mm -hmm. that hadn't been destroyed and that comes back around at the end, which is obviously very tied to Rain. But yeah, I like it that he has the first two bathed in mystery Mm -hmm. and then, oh, you murdered someone else. (laughs) And then there's that moment where you think that he's going to give her away. Yeah. And that's also the moment where we meet Mish as well. So we're thrown very quickly into the trials and the idea that Orea has to ally herself with some strangers comes up pretty quick. So even within the trials where there's a lot of uncertainty for her, the biggest uncertainty is now getting to know Rain specifically and having to learn how to work with him. Yeah. And Rain is very much her opposite on the exterior in a lot of ways that she is not trusting at all. Mm -hmm. She's a terrible actress. She is, as he reminds her all the time. She's very serious. She has a sense of humor that he brings out in her a bit, but her main focus all the time <laughs> is survival, where Rain is smirking and grinning and making jokes. And of course, we come to find out that a lot of his behavior is a performance. But off the bat, they are not romantic. No. It is not an easy journey for them. And when they ally, he tells her, like, yeah, I want to be allies so I can kill you easily. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe I'll get perks because you're 
Vincent's daughter and maybe Vincent can step in that there's not really any mystery about <laughs> like, oh, maybe he's into her. Yeah. No, that's not it at all. But one of my... Uh, favorite parts about their allyship is her mind slips to some traumatizing things in her past which are very serious but rain notices and he says what was that it's the hot priest moment he's hot priesting her (laughs) (laughs) you guys haven't seen fleabag i don't know what you're doing with your lives season two watch season one but season two if you trust us at all and he's like where'd you go yeah where are you he does it multiple times (laughs) like don't fall for it he's hot priesting you I really like their, I mean, it really is a difficult journey mm-hmm. to get to anything that is truly resembling an allyship mm-hmm. there and then moving forward to a friendship romance because she just is so rooted in her inability to trust and her lack of desire to trust as well. Like she's brought up not to trust anyone. And so I think her moving through the trials with him where she's put in a position where she has no other choice but to, I feel like is the only way that they were going to get there. And I like that her murdering vampires was what really brought them yeah. together He's on like, like a oh, personal level. <laughs> Love a woman with hobbies. Like, oh, you like to do this? You're fine with this? Okay. Should we go get a drink? (laughs) It surprises her that, oh, you're actually kind of still in touch with your own humanity. That's the first kind of ice melting moment for them and because they've been struggling to work together because she does not want him to figure out her fighting style which you know what i know that this kind of behavior could probably be frustrating to a lot of readers yeah i love her for it (laughs) i'm sorry when i'm reading this i'm on her side in terms of you shouldn't trust anyone (laughs) you're human and they're vampires and this is a game in which you're probably going to have to kill people it's not just oh this is someone i met and we're trying to be friends like there is an edge to this and i'm like yeah don't trust him whenever i read romance i'm like don't trust him he needs to earn it look at him men in my opinion need to earn it (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) so when she's being difficult i'm like yes be more difficult (laughs) and he (laughs) gets really frustrated and you know what megan what she tells him to back up multiple times Mm -hmm. he doesn't listen she is setting a boundary and he does not listen to her boundaries no and you know what i think he deserved to be pushed out that window (laughs) and mish agrees it actually made me laugh (laughs) flies out the window then comes right back up pissed Because he is kind of angrier. Yeah. He's much more expressive. And of course, Misha's like, it wasn't him. He was having a bad day. But you know what? He deserved it. He deserved to go flying out that window. And if anything, I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't trust him. <laughs> to not trust him. But I like that once he finds out about the slums mm-hmm. and what she does there, they're like, okay, we'll fight crime here. <laughs> I'm like, who's Batman? Who's Robin here? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that his relationship with Mish obviously softens Araya to him a little mm-hmm. bit. I really like the little scene where Rain's upset because he's pushed it with Araya and he's on the couch and Mish kind of comes up to him and she's like, you were wrong, weren't you? She's like, imagine how she must feel. She's kind of mothering him like, mm-hmm. you're sorry, aren't you? He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like, I know, I was bad. <laughs> I thought that their relationship was really, really sweet and tender. And so I think for Araya to see him in that capacity with anyone crack the door open a little bit with her especially because 
Rain does mourn his humanity. I mean, mm-hmm. he misses the sun, which I thought was really sad that he'll stand in the window and let his skin start boiling for a bit just because he misses the sun. He says it doesn't hurt too bad yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's so sad. <laughs> really sad. That was really, really sweet when Araya decides to fix the mirror for him mm-hmm. so he can get some sunlight. But yeah, I like that Mish was there to kind of help navigate the I don't trust you. Just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get them past a little bit of that hump because when she leaves because she's injured, then they're left alone. But by that time, they start falling into a rhythm. They have. Which is nice. And I actually really like the use of seclusion in mm-hmm. the book, despite the fact that they're in the Moon Palace. There's other people there, mm-hmm. but they really stick to their apartment. I mean, because... Rain and Misha have kind of hoarded yeah. supplies. So Good for them. But that Aurea, especially when Misha isn't there and Rain have to be in each other's presence, mm-hmm. that there's really not a lot of other distractions because of the rules about leaving and you can only be out for so long. So I like the use of we have to just be alone together, despite the fact that they're in this bigger setting. Mm-hmm. So they're alone together in the apartment. They're alone together when they go kill vampires. Mm hmm. And slowly but surely, that relationship starts translating into how they work together in the trials. Yeah. And there's a lot of foreshadowing and clues as to where it's going. Because, of course, Rain and Araya, they soften to each other. They get together physically. Yes, they do. (laughs) They agree to fight. But leading up to that, because, as we said, Araya's whole thing is trust. Mm -hmm. Vincent has told her not to trust. And she has not been trusting Rain. Then she starts to. And we get little hints. She's like, what's that scar on his back? And we even get Jasmine, who comes to her and she says, I'm serious, Araya. Be careful with him. He's pretty, but he's still Rashawn. And I wrote, yeah, she's right yeah. in my notes. I'm like, maybe listen. Female instinct. <laughs> Female instinct. And he changes the subject mm-hmm. when she asks some questions that by the end, he's like, I didn't lie to you. And she's like, please, you did. You chose carefully hidden truths. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. Like, Rain, just say that you lied because you did. And also, Rain keeps saying, I wouldn't hurt you. You're safe. Mm -hmm. That is a phrase that he uses a lot. And as a reader, I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Don't trust him. I think I'm such a distrustful person Mm -hmm. that when I read books, I'm like, don't. Don't listen to him. (laughs) I mean, I think you have every right to be a distrustful reader in this book. (laughs) In this situation and given the fact of who she is, like above Mm -hmm. all else, who she is when there is a war going on and he's on the opposite side, whether he's on the right side or the wrong side, Mm -hmm. he's just on the opposite side. And I don't know when Jasmine said that. (laughs) that really like leveled something a little bit more in reality for me it's like maybe we shouldn't and the fact that you keep using the word performative Mm -hmm. that you're noting that he's putting on a performance yeah so yeah i think that's okay to be like do not trust (laughs) him do not do it i'm in the burn book like do not (laughs) trust him And I get the desire to want to mm-hmm. because he seems very, very genuine about his care and concern for her, which are true. Oh, I still wanted them to be together. Yeah. Make no mistake. There's just all the other <laughs> shit that you're like, okay, we've got some stuff to sort out. Guys. I think I also just want her to make it 
as difficult for him as possible to prove his love to prove his love and his loyalty and of course by the time they're getting further into the trials she has to feed him because he's entered bloodlust which man that's always hot it's always sexy but also on a more (laughs) high level more intellectual (laughs) level of analyzing storytelling (laughs) going away from she was horny (laughs) to story analysis (laughs) story analysis She has a very specific trauma Mm -hmm. around a past lover biting her and making her feel unsafe and assaulting her. So entering that trial where she has to feed him or he's going to die, that this is a moment for her character where she has really unraveled all of her blocks. She is trusting him in a very visceral life or death way. She's letting him bite her in a place that before has been a huge source of of trauma. She's going against Vincent's warning of never trust anyone who says that you're safe with them because I'm the only one you're safe with. That all of the things that she struggled with in the book unravel in that moment. So storytelling analysis. (laughs) Great. Also very, very sexy. This is the fun part about vampires because there's always a scene where someone falls into bloodlust or someone is hungry and someone needs a snack Yep. and he can't have too much because he'll be sluggish, but he needs a bit. I loved that like side detail of when vampires eat too much, they get sluggish. It's like, oh, so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's been Thanksgiving dinner for them after they eat too much. Yeah. I mean, what I really love about the sexiness of this scene is that especially given her history that rain always allows her to be in control Mm -hmm. so in that scene he's angling her head and her neck where she can pull away Mm -hmm. very intentional about that and then has a knife has a knife and then when we get to their actual sex scene it's the same thing Mm -hmm. she's in control and he's always telling her you're in control like Mm -hmm. which makes her feel comfortable and is also very very sexy but yeah i also like the uh would you call it a feeding trope (laughs) yeah i'll call it that now (laughs) i do love the feeding trope because i think with them that was just the true establishment of trust Mm -hmm. between them and also of like yeah i have sexual feelings for you yeah i'm not being shy about it anymore do you know what actually made me laugh though she feeds him they hook up a bit mm-hmm. and then they fall asleep in the next morning. It's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like he is how many hundreds of years old? <laughs> and like she's a full blown adult and they're like, uh, don't know what to say here. Oh, there's like mist over there. Like, it's so tangibly <laughs> awkward. Thank God that their lives were in danger or else I know. I don't know how they would have ever gotten through that. I think it's her. She's the one that's like, we just need to move on. <laughs> We went through all this to get here, but like it's a little (laughs) awkward in the morning. (laughs) I mean, were you surprised at where their relationship went in terms of he is the heir, Mm -hmm. that reveal, and how the rest of the story played out where he goes immediately for Vincent, the marriage, all of that. Were you surprised by that? I don't think I was surprised I think because there's so much foreshadowing, (laughs) do not trust him. Yeah, Vincent got rid of the heir 200 years ago. There was some year thing that lined up with him. And the second that I read that, I was like, I think he's the 
air. Yeah. So I don't think I was surprised by the on paper events. Mm -hmm. I think the level to which Rain took it surprised me in terms of when he goes to Vincent, he has his evil villain speech almost. Yeah. Do you remember me? (laughs) He puts away his note cards. He's been rehearsing in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. He he has the speech ready. (laughs) And it's so personal, even though we find out that while Rain did have a personal vendetta or involvement Mm -hmm. in Vincent's uprising, they never actually met. He says that he just arranged for the keys to get to Vincent. It was really intense. And I think because he knows that Araya loves her father, that it was shocking to me that he was so cruel about it. And also when he blasts him, he lets his body fall off the railing. Yeah. Like that's a traumatic thing just to watch anyone you love get hurt or die. But then the added falling off the railing and yeah. like she then is able to go to him and have those last moments that his relationship with her didn't influence the way he handled that situation at all. No. When it came to Vincent, which I understand that he's had a thing against Vincent for a lot longer than he's had feelings for Araya, obviously, but that piece shocked me as well as the verbiage he used Mm -hmm. to get everyone to back off of killing her. He says what he says because he has to, to get everyone to back off. But I think because we know her specific trauma, her specific sexual trauma, that him insinuating that he's going to do that to her, that was surprising to me because in my head I thought, I feel like if you're king and you just said, I'm going to marry her because I'm going to torture her and if we kill her, then another other air will just pop up. I felt like that was a good enough reason, especially if you're the king, that the extent to which he took that and played on her own personal trauma, that was a little shocking. To yeah, me. I agree because it wasn't needed. That like felt really said. jarring. I was like, oh my God. Oh, okay. I feel like I don't know Rain. Mm-hmm. That was a really unsettling moment because I really felt like I was Araya being like, who the hell are you? Yeah, because that's exactly how she feels. And she realizes that she doesn't know which one was the performance. Yeah. And I think that. That is the moment that it hits her that she has these two men in her life that she just doesn't know as well as she thinks she does. And even going back to the scene where he kills Vincent, knowing her history, knowing her relationships, he looks at her before he kills him, mm-hmm. that he even takes a beat to acknowledge, I'm about to do this really horrible thing to your father. And mm-hmm. that felt really personal. Yeah. Of like, I'm acknowledging the toll that this is going to take on you and then turning and doing it anyway. It's not that I disliked Rain. I just think I felt a little unsure of who he actually is. I believe that he loves her, mm-hmm. but like Vincent's relationship, that's a complicated thing. So for me, that bit was also really surprising. There was no level of feeling good or comforted in the fact that they technically end up together because they're married. Mm-hmm. But they really are just sort of bound in the spirit of being fearful because of the uncertainty about their future. Yeah. Because people also want to kick him off the throne. It's another alliance between them, essentially, where she kind of doesn't want to be there, but she has to for survival. (laughs) Something we're kind of back in the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's great storytelling and that's in keeping with where we've been. Mm -hmm. But yeah, by the end of it, it's like, 
like, do I like you? Like, who are you? I don't know how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. And I love that there's the note kind of ending on her in that scene now that she is queen, where she walks into the room and everyone's looking at her. Again, this is a newer thing for her Mm -hmm. because she spent her whole life hiding because everyone wants to eat her and murder her. And she says that now everyone wants to kill her because she's powerful, not weak. And so we have that flipping going forward. She's queen, obviously. She wants it. She has an army mm-hmm. at her disposal and she's married to Rain, who she does love. Mm-hmm. She hates him, but she also loves him. <laughs> just so, like Vincent. <laughs> just like Vincent. So we really just end on such a complicated note mm-hmm. with their relationship. But again, it's very in keeping. Yeah. Closing the book, it's like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this, but it feels right. I know. I think part of me, because I'm a distrustful person <laughs> and I want her to be distrustful, was like I want to end on a note where she's like I'm going to kill him <laughs> where she's like I love you but I'm going to kill you <laughs> I mean he does ask he's like are you going to kill me Aurea I know and she says not tonight or not today but I kind of wish in her inner dialogue she would have just been like but soon <laughs> well maybe kind in the next concept. book Let's go back a little bit because I want to talk about the trials. Okay. Just a teensy bit. Yeah. What was your favorite trial? We have the full moon trial, Mm -hmm. the waning moon trial, the half moon trial, the crescent moon trial, (laughs) and the new moon trial. And each one of these trials imitates Nyaxia's journey in escaping the White Pantheon and rising to power. Which I thought was a fantastic idea. Yeah, I really loved the symbolism and the elements of honoring the goddess through this terrible, bloody journey. And also the fact that everyone volunteered to be there. Yeah. It made it more fun. <laughs> Unlike the Hunger Games. Unlike the Hunger Games. <laughs> um, I think for me, my favorite trial. I think it's the waning moon trial. It's the one with the maze. Mm -hmm. I felt like the tone of the book shifted a little bit. She Mm -hmm. was more confident. Her relationship with Rain had moved on a little bit. Yeah, And I just liked the idea of the maze in general and having to do the one-on-one combat to use the dead weight (laughs) of the other person's body to get through the door. Mm -hmm. And I really love Ibrahim's character. I love him. I wish he was in the book more. I do too. And so kicking it off with the two of them Mm -hmm. going against each other just really liked the complication especially with him because she has nothing against him like she kind of likes him he's like her because he's kind of the weak link yeah he's an underdog in this because of what his parents did to him everyone underestimates him just like they underestimate her And they really shouldn't have because he's in the final group. He's missing an eye. Like his wings are shredded and destroyed and he is still alive. He's still fighting. And I think kicking that trial off, I loved seeing him with her Mm -hmm. getting the two of them together, even though she beats him in that. Yeah. He's like, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't here to win. Going through, I think, all of the different phases of that one where she sees the human child. Mm -hmm. And that's another element where she's trying to save this little girl and trusting that rain is also going to protect both of them. I liked that on a physical level. And then I really liked it because it started turning their relationship into something Mm -hmm. more. She was having to trust him because she was now trying to take care of this little girl who also needed protection. Yeah. What about you? 
I think my favorite trial was the half moon trial, which is the one where their minds are connected. I thought that that was a really fun concept of if rain gets hurt, she feels it. So that could distract you. I like that when he is first in her head, he's like, oh, my God, do you feel this <laughs> tense stress all the time? Like, you just cannot believe. And she's like, yeah. Yes. Every day. Thank you. <laughs> like, yes, I'm human. Thank you. <laughs> but she's like, also, you're really stressed out. So I don't want to hear it. But yeah, I like that because in their relationship, you see that it's a little further along. They're both trying to save each other in different ways. You're feeling both of their panic on behalf of the other. And it's also when her night fire really yes. blasts all throughout the Coliseum and ending on the note of Vincent, which I have this image in my head that's so clear that I'm obsessed with, of him hand gripping the railing, other hand on his heart, as if he tried to keep it in his chest and a tear falling down his face. Just that whole yeah. cinematic image in my head. That's his I girl. Love. That's that's his girl. That's his girl. <laughs> that I really enjoyed that. I always like mind to mind stuff, so I thought that that was really fun. I liked with the mind to mind stuff that it doesn't go so well for everyone else. No, and especially the people who are there with multiples. Yeah. That not everyone is just paired with two people. It's, oh, there's like five people in my brain. <laughs> yeah, she's like, maybe it's a good thing that Mish uh, is not participating in this one because she makes note that maybe she wouldn't be able to handle two people. Yeah. That's incredibly distracting. Well, which trial do you think you would have the best chance at surviving? Oh, my God. I mean, being human surviving the initial culling would have been a challenge yeah after she made her little blood gift she put her name into the goblet of fire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she falls asleep and then she's just awake and everyone is screaming i kind of like that aspect of the book though where mm -hmm. they just all of a sudden are there yeah they don't know when it's going to happen i mean the fact that the trials in general are inconsistent they're supposed to be this many weeks out and then all of a sudden well we're gonna move it up because the city might not be here yeah there's just so much uncertainty around that i think i kind of am going back and forth between the maze and the mind sharing one mm -hmm. because with the maze it is more about or at least in her situation one-on-one -on -one kind of mm -hmm. combat i know there's other things going on in the maze but maybe the mind-to-mind -mind one because you are there with a partner you mm -hmm. do have someone who is watching your back and i think maybe having someone else there might help keep me focused and maybe a little calmer mm -hmm. so i would say maybe that one okay how about you i think i would have the best chance in the new moon trial which is when there's the gas clouds mm -hmm. in Salone because i'm not really into the demons <laughs> and the monsters i don't think i would stand a chance against that and the new moon trial felt more like there was less hand-to-hand -hand combat they did have some wolves they did have some wolves but in all of the other ones there's a lot more monsters. So I think I'm going to go with minimal monsters and <laughs> more poisonous gas, more poisonous gas, <laughs> because I think I would have done the same thing of, OK, I'm going to go find some fabric, whatever else, and just shield myself and go for it. Mm -hmm. That I think I'm not going to do so well if there's demons everywhere and a lot of people are using their blood magic, mm -hmm. like the hand to hand combat piece. I don't think I'm going to do too well in. So I think my best shot is just running through poisonous gas <laughs> i mean the demons really do complicate things there's a lot they really do going on i think especially in the first trial
trial where it's just about fighting them and there's just massive groups of them and there's a variety of them it's very very stressful i don't think i'm gonna succeed too much in that one i mean but in general i really did like how each trial held a different theme when it came to Nyaxia's story. Mm-hmm. The last one was a bit grim where they're using the bodies of the fallen yeah. tributes. That would have been too much for me to handle. Where she's like, oh, it's Klein. <laughs> and like, oh my God. Shit. Yeah. And I think it's really nice that when the trials end, Nyaxia literally comes down. Yeah. I don't know if I was expecting that or not. If I just thought she would be like Mufasa in the sky i will grant you your (laughs) wish i'm like oh no she's literally here (laughs) she is chrome she uh, is nighttime and death she looks like maybe she should date the silver surfer or is maybe maybe the silver surfer's sister because they have the same chrome skin going on yeah well it was interesting to get that reveal it's not that i didn't believe that she wasn't real but so many of the characters when they're going through some of the ceremonial aspects of the trials with the minister, minister, that they almost doubt that he's working for Nyaxia mm-hmm. at all, that there's a lot of doubt about the validity of what they're doing, what they're being asked to do, and what this has to do with anything. Yeah. So by the time she comes down, it's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. This is legit. I really enjoyed her coming down because she comes down, she looks at Vincent, she's like, oh, she has your eyes. And you're like, what do you mean? And then she looks at Rain. And she says, my, what a long time it has been. Even fate did not know if I would see this face again. And Rain looks at her and says, likewise, my lady. And all I heard was Nick Miller saying, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, they had a really nice time getting to know each other. I'm assuming when he was turned, because that would have been his brush with Nyaxia getting her gifts. But (laughs) I guess so. I'm like, what do you mean you know each other? Like, do you go get coffees? (laughs) Did you chat about this? Did you know that this was happening? And then also because Nyaxia tells Aurea, a dead lover can never break your heart. And I'm like, wait. (laughs) wait a second i know where this is going yeah (laughs) like nyaxia just came down and everything she said i was like what do you mean (laughs) wait what do you mean she likes to stir up some trouble yeah and she's schmidt saying you process this however you (laughs) need to (laughs) i love the informality with rain especially it's like oh hey how's it going nyaxia (laughs) good to see you say hello to your mother (laughs) like what do you mean And of course, it's Nyaxia's words about her dead lover breaking your heart that she hears as Rain turns around and basically takes everything from Araya. Yep. Takes her father, Mm -hmm. takes the kingdom. And I will say, (laughs) I felt so betrayed for Araya. And I've read a lot of books where the love interest lies about their identity, that there's a betrayal thing. But I think I felt it a lot more on behalf of Araya in this, because usually I'm like, he meant well, it's fine, just forgive him. (laughs) But in this, when he kills Vincent and he looks back at Araya and comes to her and he's like, he's gone. Breathe. Come back to me, please. You're safe. No, no. And I'm like, how dare you? Do not you say these things to her you're safe 
as if an army of bloodborne isn't marching in right now as if you didn't just kill her father that <laughs> there were a couple of things that he said where i was like how yeah. dare you talk to her the same way that you would have before you died <laughs> he's like oh no, no we're not here anymore <laughs> we're like, no. not in the place anymore that we were before post you murdering my father and lying to me <laughs> <laughs> i was Aurea when she's like back up <laughs> Get out, back up. I'm going to shove you through a window if you don't stop saying you're safe because now you've made a mockery of this relationship and her safety. And he apologizes and everything. And then he says, there she is. And like, don't. don't do not. <laughs> that was just get me. out of here. The entire time is don't. Especially because, as we said, it turns around and he acknowledges that the Kajari for him is what it was for Vincent. Yep that his path is very similar to Vincent's and he is doing it in a very similar way because yep. he did ally with the Bloodborne because of Araya. Mm -hmm. However, he did do that. They are now in the streets. They are killing the Hayaj who, you know, Araya would probably Those identify with more. But her whole kingdom that she's known is now being killed in the streets. He's just mirroring Vincent's path in a lot of ways in lying to her, having an aspect of their relationship be a secret, an aspect of their past be a secret. And so when we get to the end, it's an interesting place to be where... <laughs> Of course, we're rooting for them throughout the book, but I don't know if I was quite rooting for them at the very end, even yeah. in that aspect of, no, you guys will eventually move past this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Part of me is like, I would love it if the second book, <laughs> she, <laughs> she became the villain. <laughs> like, this is her villain origin story. And then she just killed him because we find out that they are in similar positions in terms of no one wants them ruling. Yeah. It's the thing that brings them together. Yeah. At the end, which fascinating place to be. Yeah. I was rooting for the marriage mm -hmm. because it makes sense yeah. for her. Like him saying, this is the only way to protect you. Yes. yes. Please marry him. Please become the queen. And obviously now they're going to be in the same castle. So there can be hijinks. Yes. There can be schemes. <laughs> there can be secrets. Betrayals. There's all sorts of fun things when we're married. <laughs> So I did want that. Yeah. <laughs> I did want the marriage. And you know what? I will probably root for them in the end. I think I will really want that journey to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would be anything other than that, given who they are yeah. and their history. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like that was such an interesting place to be at the end of a book. I just don't know if I've read another book, at least not within recent memory, where I'm like, I want them to be together, but also, do I? Yeah. I, it's like, I do, but maybe I don't, or maybe I just want him to suffer. Like, maybe I just want her <laughs> to come out on top and mm -hmm. make the executive decision of if she wants anything to do with him. Like, I, yeah. I don't want her life to be dictated by the men in it anymore. No. And I think we feel that way. At least you and I felt that way <laughs> as readers, because that's kind of how she feels mm -hmm. where, again, it's how she felt about Vincent, where I hate you, but I love you. And it's logical for me to be here. And this is my best chance at survival. Yeah. But I love you and I don't want to take you down because I love you and I literally just saved your life because of this. But also I'm very mad at you and how dare you that she didn't end the book on a note of personal rage, mm -hmm. but it also wasn't 
note on a note of no this is fine so i think she ends feeling very conflicted and unsure so i think you and i as readers we're like oh god oh no yeah i don't know what's going on she hasn't had time to literally process anything that just happened i mean i haven't either just died (laughs) and now she's married and she's queen, and she found out that she's the heir there's like 15 pieces of information that she's like what Mm -hmm. i don't know what to do with that plus i have an army plus jasmine (laughs) is now serving me Mm -hmm. plus this and this and this and i'm still half human is my mother out there and like there's just so many things so i think by the time we (laughs) wish i had my mom she's like i need to just go sit in a quiet room and have some me time she needs a spa day for sure really does but i liked it so i think maybe after saying all of that it feels weird to be like it was fun <laughs> because there's a lot of things that we had weren't a great fun. Time. <laughs> it was the thrill of a lifetime. <laughs> no, but I think by the end of the book, I closed it and I was like, I really enjoyed going on this journey yeah. with the characters. It was really fun to see the world play out. And again, it is such a unique take on vampires because they have wings Mm -hmm. there is a system there's clans they are blessed in different ways and at the root of it it's nyaxia they're her children Mm -hmm. and the worlds being in this hierarchy of nyaxia and then creating the vampires and then of course the humans below them that there's just a twistedness yeah you know i like to have fun in the twisty i love a complicated situation love a complicated situation so by the end everything's very complicated it's very upsetting and there were like 50 reveals and my mind was a little scattered because i was like i am processing 50 million bits of information yeah and it was all good and i felt like i was ready for a lot of it Mm -hmm. it just hit like a wave one after the other and so by the end i'm like i think Aurea and i need to go have a spa day i mean did you have a favorite reveal I really like the reveal that she's the heir, mm-hmm. meaning she is Vincent's biological daughter. I think that all makes a lot of sense. But I think from a storytelling perspective, I like the reveal that Rain's path is very similar to Vincent's yeah. because Rain has hated Vincent. Mm-hmm. That I think that just adds a layer of complication to what is a very gray world yeah. and very gray characters because of all of those things. What about you? I, I would have to say that I agree. I think it's just kind of the imagery of she tells Nyaxia that she wishes Rain had won. He wakes up. They have this, to me, when I read it, I was like, oh, this is so nice that he looks at her. It's that look of... He's horrified, though. I mean, he's horrified, but like, there's the understanding of what she's done for him Mm -hmm. and him sorting that out because that was the biggest gift of love. I kind of assumed in that moment that maybe they would have to swap lives Mm -hmm. where like her life would be taken away because his was given back. Mm -hmm. Glad it wasn't the case. But then it was the reveal of literally right then he gets up and she's like, what's your wish? What do you want? And he's like, well, I'm the turned heir. I want all of this. (laughs) And then he walks right over to Vincent and murders him. Yeah. That it wasn't maybe even the reveal of this is all of the things that's going on. It's just the way that it played out of Mm -hmm. here the truth and then him acting on it yeah i think that was the shock was the immediate acting and like i said the way in which that came out (laughs) oh my god oh my god you're not even like trying to to capture him to question him like there was no interrogation of any sort like you didn't need any information from him it was just walking over because she looks over and all of a sudden he's there he's Mm -hmm. right in front of vincent the look to, to Rhea of yeah this is happening you just saved me and now I'm gonna go do this yeah and then everything that happened in the, the aftermath mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest shock 
reveal of like, oh, this is your character. Mm-hmm. It's not who you are, like your title. It's this is the kind of person that you are. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was shocking and I kind of hated it, but also like for storytelling purposes. Yeah. I enjoyed it. There's a fine line. <laughs> I'm like, I am Araya being like, I love you and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> So Same. we were really right there with Araya yeah. throughout this whole book, along all the journeys. <laughs> very stressful at times. Very, very stressful. Well, on that note, let's move into rapid fire. Let's do it. So, Megan. Yes. What was your favorite scene? I would say that I have two. I really liked the Vincent dance scene. Mm-hmm. I liked that that was... I think you could tell maybe that was a little bit of a goodbye. Yeah. That something was changing. There was a sadness to it. It's like, one more song and I'll let you go, little serpent. Yeah. And she makes the comment that she knows that as soon as that dance is over, that she's letting go of a moment that's never going to come back. Mm -hmm. And he's just softer in that moment. And I like seeing Vincent be both king and father so him Mm. being there in the capacity of king but also in front of everyone like taking the time to be soft and sweet with Mm -hmm. Araya so I just loved I think everything that that scene held especially where it goes afterwards and then just you know on a romantic note I liked the feeding scene yeah it was so sexy I liked that actually better than the sex scene Mm -hmm, I agree I loved it so there you go favorite character I'd have to say Vincent Mm -hmm. I just really enjoyed sorting him out Would you succeed or fail as the heroine? I think I would fail because I'm Mm -hmm. human. So I would like to think that I would give it my best and that I would take some people down with me. Mm -hmm. But if I'm looking at it from a realistic perspective, we're going down. I don't think I would be standing there in front of Nyaxia getting my wish. Favorite LOL scene. I think mine would be the moment when Rain and Mish present Araya with the head. Yes. And they're like, look, we got this for you. And Araya is not excited. And like they kind of get sad. Yeah, they don't like, understand oh my God, why. She doesn't like our head. He's like, what more do you want, Araya? <laughs> like, like, she's so unreasonable. <laughs> we got her this head and she's not even grateful. I thought that was really, really It's funny, funny because <laughs> Mish pulls it out of a trunk. I- It's like she's hit it. I was saving it for you, waiting for you to come home. Yeah. (laughs) Waiting for the right moment. It was really sweet, but it was really fun. It was wild. (laughs) Favorite cry scene, if you had one. I don't think I like actually cried Mm -hmm. in the book, but I was moved emotionally. Well, if you didn't cry, you didn't cry. I didn't cry. This isn't emotional movement. I I don't want to feel the pressure to have to cry all the time. You don't have to cry. (laughs) (laughs) But something that I... It almost got me there. Was when Vincent tells Araya, I love you. I loved you from the first moment. So many mistakes in the end. Never you. Yeah. I think that was what moved me the most yeah. throughout the book. When he finally says it. Yeah. He just it loves feels her. real good. And it's real sad. It's very sad. He's dying. It's very sad. Okay. Date, Mary kill. Mish, Angelica, Ibrahim. We chose our other contestants. Our side contestants. I'm definitely going to kill... Angelica or Angelica. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to say it. I don't know how to pronounce anything. That K in there really throws me off. I think I would actually marry Ibrahim. Mm -hmm. I don't know him that well, but he has a lot of qualities that are very appealing Mm -hmm. uh, from what we see. And then I would date Mish, which would be lovely. Perfect. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you prepared? Maybe. Okay. We'll see. Here we go. Favorite scene. I would agree with yours. The dance scene with Vincent and the feeding scene. It's just so sexy. Who was your favorite character? Also Vincent. Yeah. Just a complicated guy. He's a complicated guy. I loved every time he was on the page, even though he's terrible. (laughs) Would you succeed or fail as the heroine? 
I would fail big time <laughs> in every trial, but do you know where I would shine? Where? I would shine when Nyaxia comes down and she's like, what do you want? I would not bring him back to life. <laughs> I'd be like, my country's at war. My father's very stressed. Like, I know that he's Rashawn and like, I think I would deduce what he would want to do if he hates Vincent mm-hmm. and he is a part of the clan that's being taken out. I'd probably think to myself, he probably wants something similar. Yeah. And if he is honoring a deathbed wish, I think I would have put that together or I would have been suspect that if I allowed him to win his wish would be not good for me personally so i think if that was its own challenge i would really shine there i mean what about wishing for world peace i don't think it would just wish that everything is fine like why does it have to be kind of selfishly wished I where know. i would just want the power so then i can decide what to do how about it's just <laughs> for all world peace yeah so i think that's what i would wish for i would think you know it's a real bummer rain's dead yeah but I've only known you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I love you, but sorry. <laughs> sorry, <My> bad. <laughs> Favorite LOL scene coming straight off of that. Yeah, I agree with yours, but also one that was just so tiny that actually really got me was at the beginning when there's the first feast for the contestants and everyone is lingering Mm -hmm. around the walls and like one Hayaj guy just kind of goes up to the table and is like fuck it and sits down (laughs) and starts eating and then everyone digs in but like that social situation (laughs) so real real when there's food and you kind of like don't know what's going on they don't know if it's poisoned I think but Mm -hmm. it's just the awkwardness of are you gonna eat i don't know like are you gonna eat yeah <laughs> like that just guy's like fuck it <laughs> somebody's gotta do it somebody's gotta do it and then it breaks the tension and yeah. everyone goes in that like it always takes just one person <laughs> to break that kind of tension and then everyone's fine yeah <laughs> that just tickled me yeah that also made me laugh well on the flip side of that any scene that made you tear up no i didn't have any cry but i agree that that end scene with vincent really got me yeah and last but not least, date Mary Kill, Niche, Angelica, Ibrahim. I agree with yours. I'm going to kill Angelica, even though she has beautiful muscular arms. She does. And she would go down swinging for me mm-hmm. because she did for Ivan. So props to her. And I like her. Yeah. But I'm going to kill you. I would date Mish and then marry Ibrahim because like you said, he's got some qualities. He's a fighter. He is he a fighter. He has been put down his entire life, but he got to the end. And part of me is like, I think you deserve to win because I felt the same you way. You worked harder and are coming out of it. I'm like, in an alternate world, I yeah. think Ibrahim should have won. <laughs> I do too. Like, you, you deserve it just from fighting spirit alone because god he just goes through it and he maintains a kindness Mm -hmm. to him he would have wished for world peace (laughs) i know i'm projecting onto him he would figure out the perfect way to word it he would and again i'm completely projecting (laughs) absolutely because we don't know ibrahim that well (laughs) we're gonna do it anyway i'm doing it anyway i don't care (laughs) well well we did it we did that was the serpent in the wings of night megan is a serpent i am the wings of night we are this book (laughs) i would love to be the serpent and the wings of night just be the whole thing the whole thing yeah but yeah that was a fun read i know that this is a very very popular book we've Mm -hmm. had this suggested to us multiple times and we finally did it we did it and i think it was so fun to read this like we said because it was such a different fantasy than we've done so far yeah on the podcast and i know this is a duology but i think even just as a book on its own like it stands alone Mm -hmm. really really well and yeah i really 
really enjoyed getting into vampires again, seeing the new take. There was a lot of sentiments in the book that I could really identify with. Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. Got a love interest that it was more of a reverse grumpy sunshine because she was more the serious one. And Rain loves to smirk and make jokes and says Ix's tits a lot. And he loves to cook. And he loves to cook. So all around, I thought this was a really just enjoyable fantasy read. I wholeheartedly agree. And our next read is also another popular book. Mm -hmm. I've seen this all over the place. We've had this recommended to us numerous times. And that is Belladonna by Adeline Grace. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to reading. And this is going to be our last read of 2023. Which is crazy. Wild. I feel like we have read so much. We just started this podcast in mid-August. Yeah. And we have read so many wonderful books. I'm really excited to end on Belladonna because I've seen so many great rave reviews, had a lot of recommendations, and it will just be a good book to go out in 2023, closing us up. Yeah, it definitely sounds like my kind of book. Also, just want to take a minute to thank everyone who is joining us for our Scotland fantasy tour. Mm -hmm. We are over the moon that our tour was booked within a week, Mm -hmm. six days, and we've had such an overwhelming response to people wanting to join us. So if you are someone who is not already coming with us, we actually have a wait list for our next tours, which you can find at shereadshesaid.com. So if you want to be the first to receive information on when we are going to Scotland again, we are potentially looking to do another tour in fall of 2024. And we'll see what the future holds after that. So if you want information on that, go ahead and get on our wait list and we will update you as soon as we have the details. We're just so excited and feeling really grateful for everyone that is going to join us on our Scotland adventure. Yeah, we cannot wait. Seriously thrilled. So thank you everyone for being here today. This has been The Serpent and the Wings of Night (laughs) by Carissa Broadbent. And we'll see you again in two weeks with Belladonna by Adeline Grace. So until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.